Hey gang, today is special because my good sis, my best friend, my Judy, the one and only Tiger Lily comes and joins Maxwell and I. First, we take Tiger Lily down memory lane. We talk about when we first met, what it was like being sickening design students at Columbia College Chicago. Then we reverse it a little bit more and take her all the way back to 2006 and figure out exactly what it was that she is wearing. We chat about Nina, her boyfriend drama, extreme dental work, and of course, Jade. We talk with Tiger Lily about how she inspired me to try drag for the very first time and what else this iconic legend is up to. This episode is such a kiki, so please turn the volume up because it's about to get fun. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shay Coulet, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert, Maxwell. <laughs> So I just, okay, so I just was, you know, because before we start each episode, we do our little clap. And like now when we do it, my heart sings a little bit because I think about when we recorded with Joni and she did full on applause. And like now every time, every time I just get this little like surge of joy when I think about Joni giving us a... That was truly adorable. I really did love when she gave us a round of applause at the very beginning. Literally the cutest thing ever, ever in life. So that's, I was trying to power through, but the memory just kept like making me giggle so much during that intro. How are you? I am doing well. You know, I'm just living and breathing. I started, I'm trying to get back into pole dancing. You know, my birthday is approaching and I want to get my body back to what it was like when I was spinning on the pole regularly and it was tight it looked beautiful honestly yes pole dancing is such a workout it gets your body right it does right but my body has not been right or tight for a while so today hurt <laughs> it was uh tight and <laughs> hurt but we're, we're you know we've, we're growing we're thriving from this moment you know, I'm excited today because we have a very special guest, which we will get into later. But let's talk about this uh, top model episode. We are talking about episode seven of Cycle Six, and it is it's a pretty silly one. At this point, it seems the models are getting burnt out and fried. At the top of the episode, uh, there's a lot going on at the house. We have Jade, who can't believe she was in the bottom again. We have Nena, who is constantly fighting with her boyfriend and holding up the phone. And Brooke is just, like, not doing well with the other girls. I think she's, like, the youngest one in the house. And then there's just, like... That makes sense. The added pressures of the competition. So, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit with Danny, but, like, Nena and this boyfriend, like, is she wasting her time? Like, what's the tea? 
Yeah, it just doesn't seem like her and John are like, I, I don't know, like if I was in a relationship, I just don't feel like I would be wanting to spend the majority of my time um, arguing with my significant other on the phone when they get home from long work days. I'm also not a uh, cis hetero man, so I don't really fully understand how they operate uh, either. So that might be fun for them. It doesn't um, seem like it, they operate at all, but. Yeah, but it is not, it's not fun for me. Um, and if I was Nina, I would probably be feeling the same way. But I wouldn't be entertaining it. I would not be spending all that time on the phone with John arguing, like allowing all that just like, negativity and just like energy being like sucked from me i just would not it would not be my tea no and good for nana for being like i you should be cheering me on like you this is not a fun phone call like this is not fun calling you yeah um what do we think of jade being in the bottom again do we think this is a production move or is like jade just truly not living up to the expectation that she is selling i mean we know she's very confident yeah, I feel what's happening here is that the producers are trying to give Jade like a humbling moment in her storyline, not realizing that there is no humbling Jade. T. They 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 didn't re- they thought like at first that they could, and so they tried, and they really did put in a good effort. They really did try. They're like, we're gonna get her, um, and she said, oh, you ain't gonna get me. I can't get God. And no. <laughs> she's like, I'm still just gonna keep on pushing through and letting you know until you figure out that I am the most sickening, beautiful biracial butterfly that you have ever encountered in your life. This is not America's next best friend race. It's so, not. So I want to talk about our, one of our favorite things, which is the black and white beauty shots that Tyra directs. You know, we mm-hmm. each cycle, they've evolved in different ways. And I want to get your opinion on this one because the girls have a lunch date with Janice and one by one they are sent to meet Tyra uh, Raja and the photographer Dim, uh, I said Dim, Jim Jim DeYonker and they are doing this beauty shot where they're supposed to be crying and Tyra and Raja put this glycerin under these girls eyes to make them cry which seems to cause a lot of grief for these young girls. Yeah, so was it glycerin or was it like menthol? They said it was glycerin. Cause because it's supposed to like promote the tears, right? Yeah, let's see. Hang on. Because it's supposed to create the tears. Okay, so okay, because this is what I find interesting. And looking through the photos, it's like uh Joni and Nina seem to have tears that have been produced by their body like real tears whereas for Rhonda, those are glycerin tears that thick like runny bead of like tear like that's giving glycerin yeah that's giving um, fluid that is not yeah. natural um i mean look i would be lying if i said after i saw this episode in 2006 if i did not come home from school the next day and rub on some of some of my sister's black eyeshadow and cry a little bit and take some photos on my digital camera. I would be lying if I said that I didn't do that because I absolutely did. I mean, I think we all did this. I mean, MySpace was really a thing during this and these photos I mean, were I like... Was, 
Yeah, I was like 17 years old. I was going through enough. I could cry at the drop of a hat. So I said, I might as well document it, document it and make it fashion. I understand. Put a, you know, use your bootleg version of Photoshop you downloaded from somebody else. Oh, baby. I just had like Microsoft little paint. Yeah, just like, yeah, that, that was the best. Like I could, I could decide if, if I wanted it to be black and white or in sepia. Ooh. Like those were the options that I had. I wasn't really rocking with no Photoshop. I was not that technically skilled. You know, I was, the, I was more of a um, in front of the camera kind of girl. You know, I was the talent. You know, I was not really one producing the images. It was hard enough for me to set a timer and take a photo. Oh, I was all about the selfie back. I was taking pictures of myself at the from day one. Um, have you ever worked? I mean, it doesn't sound like it. Glycerin. Have you ever had to put anything in your eye to make yourself cry like that? I've had glycerin poured over my head, my entire head for a photo to make it look just like liquid. Um, that was really tough to get out. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it looks like yeah. it, not a fun product to work with. These girls were really shook to be tormented this way. Yeah. Especially um, Joni right after getting her teeth done. I feel like the only time glycerin is like not too much of a problem is if you're like mixing it with water and like spraying it on your body in a spray bottle to make it look like you have sweat. Okay. But I also don't have any issues sweating either. I don't either. So. Yeah, nah. I, I just would really need it in that situation. If the environment is hot enough, oh, baby, I'll sweat. This reminds me of when I did a play in high school. One of the girls, instead of buying fake blood, used laundry detergent and food coloring. Mm -hmm. And um, it got in my eye. Um, like, the bag blood, like, popped, like, right, like, literally into my face and eye. And it was... It was very traumatic, and also people started to get rashes because you're not really supposed to like put like a uh, laundry detergent <laughs> just like right on your yeah. skin like that. So a lot yeah. of the cast members, and myself included, like broke out in like really bad rashes. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, just like quick little pro tip for anybody out there that is wanting to do um, laundry detergent. Um, blood that's specifically for um like if you're trying to make blood splatter on clothes because then it will wash out because it's in laundry detergent you should not be putting that on people no not at all it was a it was a lesson we all learned the hard way and i'm very yeah. i'm i'm thankful i survived to tell the tale today and now all our listeners will know as well Yes, well, I'm so glad that we could share that knowledge with all of our wonderful listeners. We are going to take a quick break so I can go wash the stage blood out of my outfit. And we will come back with my good girl. I'm so excited that she's here. Miss Tiger Lily. We will be right back. I am over the moon to finally welcome to the show a very special guest, literally one of my BFFs in the whole world, my ride or die, the fruit to my loom, 
the apple of my eye. <laughs> the one, the only Miss Tiger Lily. Yay. Hi. <laughs> oh, girl, baby. Hi. I'm tiger. <laughs> I'm on it. Yes. Most Please most do. most people know you as Tiger Lily. I know you as um, my good old Tosh. Good old Tosh. Um, and it's really funny too because uh, here on Wanna Be on Top, whenever we have somebody on, we always like to go down a trip um, down memory lane to the time when the show was airing. Now it's very interesting because I met you just only a few short years after this so i i already know um the tosh the tiger lily that i met when we were at columbia <laughs> um college chicago um i will describe for our listeners that point in good old tosh's <laughs> life because she um, she's evolved <laughs> yes uh it was very specific she always had this purple like trench coat this like that had this kind of like rounded swinging skirt this like purple trench coat with these big black like completely hater blocking shades <laughs> you could not see her eyes at all and oh to let the audience know this is like 2008 so very mid 2000s side bang we had like yeah, the oh. side bang <laughs> the mystery of it all I feel so um, blocked <laughs> and always without a doubt a um starbucks iced something in venti. her hand venti <laughs> and i used to um a tall always, cup before i like knew good old tosha could just like see her walking because we went to columbia so it's like a you know urban campus you know you're just walking mm -hmm, down like mm -hmm. city blocks and stuff like that um I would always see her kind of around the different theater buildings we didn't have classes together at this point but um I always would call her um Mrs. Botwin <laughs> <laughs> because I was obsessed with the show Weeds and um Mary Louise Park Mary Louise Parker always like had like you know she'd always be having her little Starbucks her little ice little Always coffee like drinks. almost all gone. Almost just all waiting gone. Waiting for the ice to melt and just <laughs> yes. swirling it. <laughs> and I was constantly. always clock and toast headed from class serving very that. Um, so let's take it back a little bit further, Tosh, oh. because <laughs> where this is, this before I knew you, mm -hmm. we are in cycle six. So this was airing in 2006. So mm -hmm. I want you to describe for our listeners what you were wearing, what you were listening to, what your favorite TV shows were if you weren't already watching ANTM, and just paint a picture of a good old, young, <laughs> fresh Tiger Lily. Yes. <laughs> the year was 2006, and I was about to graduate from high school. That's how Ooh. old a good old Tosh is. <laughs> um, so, you know, senior year of high school, Definitely was extremely adventurous with my fashions. I would wear very risque, maybe not risque is not the right word, but you know, I'd wear like loud graphic shirts that I would get from, you know, Ragstock or Hot Topic oh, God, or whatever. Yes. You know. Oh my gosh. Is that still I was, there? 
yeah uh yeah and you know what's fucked up is they have rag stock in like malls now which i feel they is so do. anti mm-hmm. yep they definitely like commercialized it and now rag stock for those who don't know is a vintage store it was like a staple in chicago and boys town you know it was just such a cool place to be and now and they, of course it felt so cool because when you were a teenager, you you could only enter through the alley. So you'd have to turn yeah! off the street and go down the alley and then go down the stairs to get your your cool clothes. Yeah, it was very that very off off the beaten path, you know. So I was very cool. And um <laughs> I was very <laughs> <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> and then <laughs> still are. And then, yeah, still yeah. are. And one of my like go-to looks, uh, cause I, you know, we all went through like our emo phase, but I straight up had like buttercup from Powerpuff Girls hair. So I would like, yes. had a, had, um, you know, like a very layered haircut that would, I would flip out with a blow dryer and I would gel out. So that's usually <laughs> how I wore my hair. So it'd be spikes. Yeah. And, and then I had a red, um, a red polo with a white collar with mm. gold Lurex stripes. Yes. And of course, a skull with crossbones, but it was like a kawaii skull. Yeah. You know, absolutely. very, very cutie. And then I would have a belt that had uh, uh, what is it? Bottle caps all over it, wow. and it was a seat belt. It was a seat yes. belt, yes. so it clicked. And then I had like a tattered acid wash, not acid wash, bleach, like blasted. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, denim skirts. Okay, Word. and it and it was uh, knee length. And then the piece de resistance, the fucking stupid ass uh, red and white tube socks pulled all the way up to my knees. Yes. yes. With um, a Velcro platform that was shaped like a trapezoid upside down. I you know, love it was it. like those chunky, uh-huh. ugly skater girl shoes. Yes. <laughs> it's giving Hot yeah. Topics number one client. Like it's, it's, it's giving it's... very that. And let me tell you, you know, being a plus size girl, I was plus size in high school too. We did not have very many options. So my only option was to just stunt on everybody. So I, yes. I would be the one that would do Cassie and Euphoria up two hours before school, getting ready yes. to make sure I looked fabulous because I had to let them know, you know? Yeah, you had to <laughs> let them know what the tea was. I yeah. love that it's like, it feels like this combination of um, Gwen Stefani's Love Angel Music Baby era oh, with I a little bit her. of like Paramore mixed in there. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was hanging around with like a lot of a lot of people that listened to that music. It was never like my thing, uh-huh. but I was just so influenced because like emo had a lot of like really cutie like kawaii things about it. Mm-hmm. So I would just be like, let me borrow those things about it and just put it into my. But like the Gwen Stefani reference was definitely it. That was like my my style icon in high school for sure. Oh my gosh, me with my cut off gloves that's all I need to say that's all I have to say I thought I was so so, I thought I was so bohemian and artsy so artsy (laughs) artsy fartsy 
<laughs> unique. Oh, Sony, unique. So New York, you, you know you need unique New York. Yes, you know you need unique New York. <laughs> Did you watch um, Antium when it was uh, airing uh, Tosh? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that was... I mean, that was like our drag race back then, you know, it's like, that's what we, you know, and when you're, when you're 17 years old, what can you do besides drive around and joyride? It's like, you stay at home with your friends, Mm -hmm. get a bunch of snacks and you just watch TV together. So we would do that, especially on Saturdays, there would be like whole all day marathons of America's Next Top Model. So we, we loved those, you know, we'd hang out all fucking day, just pissing I someone's miss, parents off <laughs> i miss those lazy saturdays of watching those america's next top model uh marathons with your friends eating up all their parents snacks that was like such Absolutely. a pure time in life so pure so oh, pure. purest and i feel like america's next top model definitely helps unify a lot of my friend groups because like you know we didn't really have like anything else that was like that at that mm-hmm. point right so like even my friends who were like kind of nerdy and not into fashion they would get into it for like the drama or like mm-hmm. just because you know those references are being used in school so people are just like I just need to be in on the you know on the know you know like, <laughs> and get what everyone else is talking about you know so I don't know I was very influenced by it I mean Obviously, whenever they like had plus size representation, that was like, oh my god, you know, that like that was such a moment. Icon but... legend star Takara. Oh, loved her. I just saw the other day a uh, a thread on Twitter that saying that Megan the Stallion and Takara the same person, <gasps> and they've never been in the same room together. <laughs> <laughs> and there are so many pictures of Takara that really are. <laughs> Did you watch season three Toch, Toch with good old Eva the Diva? Oh, I, that was like one of my favorite seasons. Because honestly, when, the, the Japan trip, and I feel like that was, was definitely everything. around the time where American culture was having this obsession with like Japanese Harajuku Absolutely. culture. Um, because speaking of Eva the Diva, let's just get into this episode. So, so we're talking about episode seven, on Mm -hmm. cycle six the girl who needs surgery and one of the things that they want to focus on in this episode is the ugly side of the modeling industry and as we know it is Tyra's mission to teach these models all about the modeling industry and what it means uh, to experience the not so fun side as well so Tyra always has a unique way of teaching the models these lessons. And one of them is to meet a mean casting director. So Tyra sends the models off to Stroudsburg's advertising agency to meet with Jeff Lorch. Jeff introduces the models to Deprise, who they are told is the head talent manager there at Stroudsburg and that she would be looking over their books and potentially booking them. But Of course, these models don't know that this woman is a paid actress and she would be mean to the models on purpose to see if they could handle the pressure of meeting such an intense talent scout. Um, Do you feel like this is a good lesson for the models in terms of what they could expect going out there into the world of fashion? Honestly, 
although the actress was extremely harsh which is what the what she was told to do I don't think it was a bad thing to teach them because people really don't when you go into a situation like that people act like you're not even there and they just talk as if you know you're not there they talk as if they're looking at a sheet of paper you know your headshot or whatever and but the conversation happens to be right in front of you so I mean I can't really think of like a point like a specific reference where this has happened to me but it is it has happened on multiple occasions where you're in a room of mixed company and especially like I mean you know you're a model so they're expecting you like you're going to get critiqued whether it be by us or the consumer or whatever Mm -hmm. like you're going to get that feedback and this is before social media too so it's like you're going to you're going to get that on your Instagram post or whatever you share you know yeah you're going to get both sides of it and so many so much of the time I feel like models are just showered in compliments and stuff you know Mm -hmm. so it was a way to like realistically take them down a notch and just like humble themselves which Mm -hmm. I mean it's a competition they're getting beat up the whole time you know but it's a very like real moment where if someone if you walk into a casting you know and you're not the right body shape they're like yeah your ass is too big you know whatever it is what it is or you look too much you know your your look is too x y or z you know whatever it may be like it is a harsh world out there and she's trying to train you for the big leagues yeah exactly i I appreciate that i'm about i I was raised with very much like a tough love you know so that is what i respond to likewise if you're gonna sugarcoat things for me like i'd rather you just didn't like what Mm -hmm. did you teach me in that moment you know like i'd i would rather do the tough love project and actually improve based off of it and we saw how like how well jade handled that moment you know Mm -hmm. when she was getting all that like she's just like shrugging it off like yeah you know i might i may not be for everybody but you know that's what makes me sickening i mean that is that is what tyra is trying to teach you you know it's trying to be like you gotta you're gonna get attacked from all sides you gotta grow experience rejection especially in an industry like modeling you know um because you're a model as well have you ever had any kind of experiences where you were at like a casting and you were just like um why the hell is this person being an asshole um no it's never happened because I feel like being you know I've done a lot of wardrobe styling and stuff Mm -hmm. I feel like on that side I hear more of like the brutal side of things because it's like well that just won't work for her gotta figure something Uh else out Mm -hmm. it's from like a more like logistics standpoint Mm -hmm. but in terms of like me modeling I feel like just breaking into modeling when you're like in your 30s like the the world is the fashion world is so different from what it was in 2006. Tea. You know, I'm I'm sure if I walked, if I was, you know, an 18 year old going to casting in 2006, it would have been way harsher than what those girls heard on their season. Yeah, I feel tea. like now it's like, you know, being a, a plus size model, it's like people are very more conscious of what they say even though mm-hmm. I probably could take it a lot better than critiquing some skinny girl. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause I've, I've heard it like my whole fucking life, you know? Yeah. So I feel like it's a different world. The world is a lot more sweet. <laughs> I don't know. Like the modeling world has just become more sensitive to people's differences. So yeah, I, I personally have never 
felt that you know in person but mm-hmm. I, who knows what they say about me behind closed doors you know what i mean dear <laughs> well so in this challenge it was jade who wound up being the winner and she picked nina to share her prize and then they are told that a surprise package is waiting for them at home <laughs> now if you remember nina kissed another male model in episode four and has fought with her boyfriend john consistently since then so mm-hmm. flash forward to jade nina and the rest of the models walking back into their house to find out that the prize is a surprise visit from their loved ones uh jade gets uh, visited by her mom and nina by her boyfriend john and nina does not look happy at all (laughs) to be receiving i live for that i live for that i'm like she like she just totally outgrew him in that competition you know Uh it's like you are just by leaps and bounds changing every single week and just blossoming before everyone's very eyes and yeah here's this like boyfriend that's just like clearly holding her back and she's like so above it it's so great to see her face (laughs) and how like you know I live for that shit I'm like yes be apathetic to that man like oh my gosh right good old John I mean mean, oh John She straight up says, like, I, I wish it could have been one of my sisters. I you know, know like, right? <laughs> of course, the producers were like, bring the boyfriend. <laughs> like, so it's not really a prize. <laughs> there were a lot of girls there. I wonder how they made that happen. Did they fly out all those all girls? Of their, their loved I'm, one? I'm assuming they had to have flown yeah. all of their loved ones out to LA, had them in holding, waiting to see who won and who would be picked. And then they were were released to go and see them. And then I'm sure the rest of them were just got like a little trip to LA and then stay in a hotel for like two nights and got sent back home. It's crazy. Right? (laughs) Right? Could you imagine taking off of work to go and do that? And you just are sitting in a hotel. You don't even get to see your loved one. You're like, well. Yeah, that would suck. All right. At least like a little drive-by wave or something. Right. Like hey, <laughs> just something, anything. How's Through the going? mirror. Through the mirror yeah. drag race. Like <laughs> I okay. I remember, oh my god, I remember when we were doing the makeover challenge on season nine. We could like tell that the makeovers were coming and they were like, yeah, it's gonna be like something super special. And I was like, oh my God, like, what if I get to make over my sister, Michelle? It's going to be oh. so amazing. I was like thinking, I was like, oh, I'll get to see somebody from home. Cause like, you know, they had done that so much in the past. And then they were like, oh, we're going to be making over the crew. And I was like, that, that's, that's cool too. <laughs> How is that special? Uh, right. Uh, and also, it, it was like, special it, for us viewers. We were really mesmerized. Definitely. I would have died to see Michelle on there, though, because the transformation would have oh, been like my amazing. Gosh, right. And oh, it would have been amazing to have Michelle be the OG Bay Kool Aid instead of oh. um, <laughs> what, uh, what his name was, Sam or something oh, no. oh. i blocked him out of my memory I guess, like yes, honestly yes. Blame you. yeah honestly the fact that he had the audacity to think that i could turn him into natalie portman jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> i said sir um do you understand how 
mirrors and eyeballs and perception work. You, like I am not a magician. You stand on the other side of these cameras. You know what they do. Yeah. <laughs> There's the only shit. so much magic they could do. Only so, so much. Uh, and Miss Ma'am could barely even stand up in a biscuit heel, but bless her heart. I hope she's thriving and doing well wherever she is. Hey, um, if you're out there, uh, sir, <laughs> I'm not trying to drag you, baby. I really did. Your name is fully escaping me because it was a traumatic experience and I had to lip sync. But if you're out there and you're doing well, please send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Um, and while I wait for his response, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will take a trip to the dentist chair. We'll be back. Welcome back. We are chatting with my pal Tiger Lily about this controversial Top Model episode. After watching for years, we know that Top Model has brought us so many moments. And Cycle 6 brought one that still has the kids on TikTok. We all love Makeover Day. And we have seen the past Top Model makeovers leave the salon. and, And we have seen the past top model makeovers leave the salon and go to the dentist chair. And in cycle six, they did it really big. Let me take that sentence one more time. We all love makeover day. And in the past, we have seen top model makeovers that have left the salon and gone to the dentist chair. And in cycle six, they did it big. Throughout the cycle, Tyra and the panel of judges have talked about Joni and Daniel's teeth not being up to the top model standard. During this episode, the models find out that they will all be getting their teeth whitened, and Joni and Danielle find out that they will be getting major work done. Joni's snaggle tooth will be removed, and her teeth would be straightened with veneers, and they wanted to take Danielle to close her gap. But Danielle said... I don't want to do that. Do you think that Tyra was wrong for making these girls fix their teeth in order to try and make them more marketable? Yes, I think. Well, I I live for Danielle's energy, her being like, this is the way I look and this is what's going to make me famous and all that. Like I lived for that. And but on the other side of it, it's like that is thousands and thousands that they are giving these girls too so in the, I guess it depends on the girl because Joni that was like a big insecurity for her you know and she like that's why she got so emotional and was like oh my god I've never been able to have enough money to even go to the like if we go to the dentist like that's a big like a big thing for us you know mm-hmm. even just for a checkup yeah. so for her that's like a huge blessing because that's literally I mean she got so I mean what would that be like 20k worth of dental work like all together who knows like yeah she got a lot of stuff done and but like but to be so forceful about it is what rubbed me the wrong way to be like 
no, you have to, like, how are you going to be a cover girl? Like with that gap in your teeth, you know? And it's just, it should have been their decision. Yeah. It was kind of one of those things. Cause I can understand. I understand the benefits of it fully. Mm-hmm. And I know like, look, there, there are models who've been like, yeah, my agency told me I need to get my teeth fixed. My agency mm-hmm. told me that I needed to get like a breast reduction, you mm-hmm. know? And I went and I did those things, but you know, it was on their, on their accord, you know, on their terms. Um, mm-hmm. And with Danielle's gap, I think that it was like a good compromise being like, I'm going to close it a little bit, keep it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I feel like somebody also really should have explained to Joni that the type of work that she was going to be getting was going to be very um, invasive and not the typical procedure for getting yeah. that amount of dental work done in like basically a day, you know, because they're trying to fit it all into this shooting schedule. Like that was a lot. That was that crazy. Yeah. And how much pain she was in. Cause like, I, you know, we've gotten our teeth done before, you know, in some capacity, it's like, that shit will take you out. You know, you're going to be on like all the painkillers and stuff. And then you have mm-hmm. to like, with a mouthful of Novocaine, go and model your heart out for a fucking beauty shot. Like exactly where it's your, where it's your whole face. So it's like, I mean, kudos to Joni for pulling it off, you know, like, absolutely. But, because but that also, was a lot. <laughs> like, too i don't think that people realize how getting your teeth done and stuff like that it changes the way that you talk immediately because your tongue absolutely is used to a certain pattern of teeth in your mouth and now you Mm -hmm. have this big temporary bridge in there and you can see Joni trying to work like through that lisp to like try and get her like crisp s's Bless out her heart. girl because look I know when I got my teeth done it was a struggle for me I was like I don't even yeah. feel like I'm talking like myself like I had to like it's learn like how to kind of like months. retalk yeah I was like I have to learn how to like retalk and also too it's like you go through stages of getting like temporaries done and all these fittings yep. done to make sure it fits right like they yeah. really just like went in there and they're like we're just gonna go for it like I know no, usually you wait like maybe even two weeks and you wait for stuff to settle and heal and then you go with your next step it's yeah. like crazy what they did they went from like zero to 60 in like one day and you could even see how it changed her bite like her jaw yep. is like aligned differently because you could tell where it changed like the way that her bite was like it was that was it was a lot <laughs> that was well, a then- lot and we talked to her about it, but like getting that stuff done, like if your teeth aren't sitting right and putting veneers on it, they're like eventually going to crack. Like I want oh. to get veneers. And my dentist was like, you're going to have to get braces first. Like you have to go through like oh. like a year and a half worth of braces because I'm not going to put all those fake teeth on your gums if they're growing the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, was like, I didn't wow. know it was like that. Yeah. Right. It's like people also have to be like prepped and like in a place like ready. The mouth needs to be primed and ready for something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, and I I don't feel like she even got a checkup prior to like make sure that she was in a good spot. No. All of that work done. They did gorilla dental work on her for real. They just like threw her in it and they were like, (laughs) you're going to get it done. What the fuck? Ah, That was a lot. Give me your teeth. She did say she doesn't regret it though. So. Yeah, she did say that she doesn't regret it, but she's like, damn, when these need replacing, she's like, that's going to be 
Tyson. Yeah, she said she was hoping that she just makes it to needing dentures. Dentures. <laughs> so that she hopes when they fall out, she hopes she's just at the age for them to give her dentures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this photo shoot. So um, the models meet with Mr. J and the girls find out that they will be doing a photo shoot for Pantene hairspray and showing off how cute and shiny their hair is while portraying different types of dolls. The shoot will be done by Pascal Demister, who shot the dolls in their bald head, who shot the girls in their bald head looks. All the models are assigned other dolls. So let's get into this first photo shoot with the star of the week and who we were just speaking of, Joni, who was the ventriloquist doll. This photo is probably one of my favorites of Mm -hmm. Joni ever. I absolutely love it. I love the positioning and the articulation of her legs that make her look more like this broken down type of ventriloquist doll, yet her face has like this lively expression and you're seeing kind of this like animated expression that's going on there. Um, And I think that she did a great job. She was the only girl who had a male model, which definitely made some of the other contestants a little bit jealous um and (laughs) Joni said that she had a challenging time um embracing her new smile but look at panel they loved the photo they obviously agreed with me thought that her legs looked amazing and that she was giving them an ultimate serve and they loved the new makeover look yeah she looked fantastic the leg it's the legs that do it for me those angles and that uh-huh. the the foot on the left side that mm-hmm. just like sells it for me. Absolutely. And like, yes, the male models there, but honestly, I don't even look at, I don't even see him. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he's a, he's a prop. I'm living for the vacancy in her eyes, but there's still life in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's Tyra criticism here. Like there's vacancy, but still life, you know, right. like she's like yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. She sold and, it for me. Uh, it takes a true top model to understand that type of nuance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she made it to the top. That's why they invested all that money in her smile. Right. Hell they're, yeah. like, they're like, she understands the assignment. And this was uh this was actually this was right before her surgery. So I know that they were they were giving her some direction that they wanted her to give a ventriloquist smile, but she was she felt a little inhibited by mm-hmm. her the crowding in her her mouth. But I still feel like that she she pulled it off so well. Yeah. Yeah, she served it. Toot. Toot. <laughs> okay, so next up, let's talk about Feranda, Forever Feranda, uh, who was yes. a rag doll. Um, Feranda really excelled this week. She improvised a lot and gave some really great, 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 great expressions and movement. I think that she absolutely nailed the brief. I love the art direction on this photo so much as oh, well same. because I love the scale of everything. Like it yes. all looks so super duper good. Um, yeah. And she's tall. So this chair that she is sitting on must be gigantic. <laughs> yeah. Because she is definitely one of the taller girls there too. At least from what it looks like. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all tall, but she definitely is standing there with Sarah. 
Yeah, yes. six one. This this one was my favorite of the week. Like, I just love the setup. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so whimsical and it really takes you into being a doll with the proportions. Right. Like the other ones, the proportions are off because they are like human size, like being exactly. a doll. But this one makes you feel like she's a doll. We love the yeah. dolls. But now like that I'm looking at some of the other objects in this photo, I'm like, okay, we maybe <laughs> needed to figure out <laughs> because why is the pencil and the paintbrush as big as the chair whoa you know what I'm saying I'm like um I was like but that's part of the whimsy that's part of the whimsy you know it's foreshortening because they're coming at you I know and the doll is smaller than the pencil too like significantly yeah you're you're not supposed it's just the feeling you get it's just the feeling you get I buy the crayons and like the blocks too um I feel like yeah they they could have went without the pencil and the paintbrush and I think that it would have been fine those are the those are the those are the two that I'm like mm. <laughs> but yes all in all stunning week for for Rhonda she killed it bring in her personality always um next up okay we have nina Mm. nina was assigned a baby doll Mm. and um i don't know it's not my fave it's not and nina what what she was saying was she's like i didn't own a baby doll growing up and uh it's just kind of like a weird excuse because i'm like right. we've seen one <clears throat> right again like you're you're the- you're a grown woman living in houston texas you telling me you never just aimlessly wandered through target and went through like the toy section and saw the dolls that were chilling there absolutely also it's a baby you've never seen a baby and like what, <laughs> what what they do you know like you've never seen a baby be all cute and goo gaga yeah you've never seen that like what i guess i not. don't know it was i mean it showed in the photo though it was a weak weak photo uninspired you know the ratio of the stuffed animals to her unlike Feranda's, for some reason it makes me mad like i yeah, can't explain I, it it really and i hate the rug i hate that tr- the little the little town rug <gasps> that like every little like kid yeah. had with the that you run your little hot wheels car i just that generic ass rug that every like little yeah. kid had in their room it just is every not, school yeah every but you school know what of, if she sold it more, would I be mad about all the stage dressing and all that? I don't know. I I think it's everything. It just seems so like lackluster that it makes me angry at the whole thing. I also need to um, speak on this lighting because what is the lighting happening? Yeah. In this Why is it rough. that like the like everything is in shadow like she has this kind of weird sighting and backlight and then they're just shooting light just like directly at her face why is her whole ass body not lit what is going on here who 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 was the person that was in charge of the lighting that's what i want to know because they weren't doing their job no 
they yeah. they did yeah. not take the time to light this for uh, Nina's complexion, and they went nope. and just threw like a little key spot on her face to make sure that they had enough to see the makeup that had been done, and that was it. So I'm sure maybe Nina stepped on set and was like, "I'm feeling like an afterthought, and mm. I'm not really like feeling the situation at all." But that also would have been an opportunity to push that much harder and and prove them wrong, you know? right? I mean, that just the uh, taking time to change the lighting for someone who does have a darker complexion, I feel like that is also so telling of it being 2006 mm-hmm. and, you know, and where the modeling industry is now, where the fashion industry is now, like now you would get fucking crucified for that, you know, Absolutely. like, like you would, you wouldn't be working anymore if, if that was the case, you know, I'm sure this person didn't lose their job for fucking up the lighting with Nena's you know, shoot, they probably still get booked on stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. because they were on America's Next Top Model. But yeah, I mean, the lighting's awful. Everything about this picture just, I don't like. It's It's sad. It gives me nothing. (laughs) And the the wig, we need to talk about that. If we're going to be shitting on this picture, we need to shit on that wig too. Yeah, yeah, the wig, the makeup. Party city ass. Yeah. That, you know what, and it's like, they wanted to go, they wanted to make the decision to be all bold, shaving in his head and have her, you know, rock this crop. But then when they want to go for styling reasons, throw a wig on is always the most shitty shake and go wigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to text Raja and be like, girl, what the hell <laughs> was going on? Like y'all, y'all hoes, uh-uh. You, you tell me you couldn't have gone off, off of fucking hollywood boulevard and found a better wig for her right around the corner from wow headquarters i would have lived if they just let her keep her short hair her cropped hair like a little baby who has not grown hair yet hello (laughs) yes i mean there's literal baby dolls that look like that that's what i'm saying yeah Uh, but okay moving on next up we have danielle who was a marionette puppet yeah i um live for this i love the styling i love this clown like white makeup paint like she has like this mask on Mm -hmm. that's giving this like marie antoinette kind of vibe i'm i love her as the subject because i feel like she's really communicating the brief of being like a marionette um yeah I just think that Danielle is really slaying it in this one. Oh, absolutely I love this photo I think her legs look so good they just look so strong yet soft mm-hmm. but like still like limp it's just like the tension is perfect in her legs and just like that little like that little lift of her like jaw that uh-huh. really sells the doll fantasy and I feel like marionettes were so big <laughs> like yes at this time like I I knew I was gonna love the marionette one and just she she killed it with the posing and everything it feels inspired it feels like she knows what she's talking about she knew what she was going for like I'm being controlled by this puppet master yet I'm still flawless you know yeah I love it I think she looks in the colors are cute I like the cream and the blue mm-hmm. it's a cute look and that super duper short little skirt making her legs look just like miles long. Oh, hell yeah. And so, okay. At panel, 
Tyra was really shook that Danielle did not want to um, close her gap all the way. And uh, I don't know. I, do we feel like that was like a little bit just more of like a production storyline thing or like, I felt like it was such a good compromise. I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around Tyra genuinely being mm-hmm. like taken aback with Danielle not wanting to close her gap. Yeah, it was, it, it's weird pressure because it is so personal, you know? And like, I feel like Tyra is just always trying to paint this picture that she's just trying to do what's best for you. So she really was coming from a place of love and everything. Like, I'm trying to better you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like she was, she's rooting for her literally, you know? Like, <laughs> um, but it, how offended she was by it. Like it, it just almost, I don't know. It was a little like, you know, here we are providing you this opportunity. Why won't you do everything we tell you to do? You know, we're literally giving you the pieces. It's like a little creepy, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's a little too much. And I love that she did stand her ground. Like, yeah, she still got it closed up a little bit, which is a compromise, you know, she was doing it a little bit more, but I mean, I personally loved her gap as much as she loved her gap. I mean, I still loved her gap when she closed it up a little bit. She still looks great. She's a beautiful Mm -hmm. girl. Like, that's not going to change that, you know. Um, But I don't know. You know, it reminded me. So a couple years ago, I was styling um, the NBA draft with Anthony Davis. He's like now this like huge superstar in the NBA. And he's known for his unibrow. And I was in the room when they were like, before he was going on to the draft, they were like, now's the time for you to fix that unibrow and just like shave it or wax it or whatever. And he was so firm and standing, like not waxing it. And he's like, no, this is who I am. I'm not going to change myself for it. And now he's on like ruffles, chips bags. He's doing like all these like huge campaigns and stuff. And it's just, I just, I respect it. I respect Mm -hmm. it so much for you to be like that people knew me before I was the superstar. Like this is my Mm -hmm. brand. This is my name. This is what's going to make me famous. And I'm not changing because someone who's higher up is telling you to like, there there's mad respect in that, you know, like I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And also, you know, I think unibrows are sexy. I think think more people need to embrace the unibrow. Absolutely. Like, I just think it's so cool. And Danielle, like she's, she, in that moment, she's standing up for everybody who doesn't have a perfect smile, you know, it's being like, yeah, you're beautiful too. Like you can make it too. You know, that's like ultimately what the, what, why America's next top model, why we love it so much is because we see people like ourselves just skyrocketing into stardom. You know, that's why we love Mm -hmm. drag race. You know, it's like, the same thing it's like it makes you see yourself in these contestants and it makes you just want to root for them and want them to have amazing successful careers you know yes next up we have icon legend star jade who was a mannequin and she she was in the bottom two so Mm -hmm. this is now we're getting into our bottoms of the week which was shocking because at the photo shoot, uh, Jane Manuel was really impressed and Jade was really thankful about it because she was really needing a good week this week. However, I don't know. 
she landed in the bottom. The judges felt like her reaction to the crying photos that Tyra had taken of them earlier in the challenge were disingenuous and fake. And so I guess <laughs> they felt like that was reason enough to put her in the bottom because she really did slay this. I this loved her. I loved her mannequin look. Like, I mean, she really, they really did her such a service because she does give those mannequin vibes. I mean, she looks like a fucking mannequin. Like mm -hmm. you take everything off and just like oiled her up and like, she looks like a mannequin. Like Absolutely. she, and she did that mannequin like pose for the perfectly. church walk. The other, yeah, perfectly. Ooh, um, yes. Um, the church like, walk, the twirling. Yes. The oh, twirling. she slayed that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think it was partly storyline. I think you know Jade is just misunderstood. Again, it's two thousand six. You know, you want to root for like all these underdogs and whatever, and then Jade just comes in so confident. I feel like if this season aired now, someone like Jade would just be so loved off the bat. Cause you're like, wow, she's so cool and confident and she, like nothing gets to her. And it's like, you know, I very much feel that vibe, you know, that con cool, confident girl. It's like, people want you to be insecure and phased by every little thing. It's like, some people aren't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some so people just like, aren't built like that. Yeah. And so like, she sees it like, she's a professional, you know, she comes in and she's like, this is my job. I'm not going to be like crying and sweating like every five minutes over little things. So I think when we do see that emotion from Jade, I, I think it's, it comes off as disingenuous because they're like, you've been professional this whole time. You know, it's <laughs> like, okay, like I'm still allowed to be moved by art. Like at the end, we're creating this, this photo that's art. Yeah. Fashion is art. Why and can't it's I my emotion that, that I'm I'm seeing reflected back at me. Exactly. Yeah. So well, ultimately, ultimately, in the end, it was good old Brooke who was sent home because she couldn't give the va va voom glam. I almost said Barbie, but she was not. Nope, nope, nope. Because nope. that is a trademark name. She was a glam doll <laughs> and glam doll. She wasn't even an Eve doll. Like that's trademark too. She was just oh. a glam doll. Yeah, what a yeah. missed opportunity that was. Right. Yeah. On. Shine bright, shine far. Don't be shy. Be a star. <laughs> where you live, where you are, be a star. Be a star. And unfortunately, Brooke had to go and live back at home. Um, no longer in the model house. And uh, we are left with one less girl competing for the title of America's Next Top Model. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to have a kiki with my girl, Tiger. We will be right back. chatting with my gal pal the one the only tiger lily now i love having my best friendsies come on the podcast and talk to me about tons of nostalgic things and so for those of you who don't know tiger lily and i have been friends for a really 
long time (laughs) yeah good old Tosh she is a stylist a costume designer she's helped me create some of my iconic looks you may remember my sickening hot dog headpiece from you know the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race season nine uh she is a family member uh a Maison Mm -hmm. Coulee we I mean like honestly my mom like thinks about her as if she's one of her own children. So um, I'm so excited to have you here. So let's just go all the way back. Okay. To when we (laughs) first met at good old Columbia College, Chicago. Love it. Um, uh, For me, like we, we had classes together specifically um rendering with Jackie Penrod. yes rendering figure <laughs> drawing with Jackie Penrod and I always loved good old Tosha that class because whenever we would be doing any type of like presentation or any type of like critiques like in the class there was this student I won't say her name it started with a B where on this like similar vibe of just like having fun, like learning different like techniques of like rendering and how to draw and develop our own like unique drawing styles. Like she was just like so married to like doing things like in her mind, like correct. Oh, I felt like, I felt like she would all, like we would all give each other critiques and like encourage each other. And I felt like she always was like there to try and like slight us in those critiques. Yeah. Um, but I will never forget, like, our teacher, Jackie Penrod, we were doing um, uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream, and we are supposed <laughs> to be, like, redesigning, like, costumes for the characters, and so, and, and choose a music genre, and so good old Toast, she's like, I chose disco, and so her, um, what is that character's name? Yo, girl, lead, hippo, Titania? Titania, yes. <laughs> um, she was like very in the vibe of like Foxy Cleopatra, just like hot yeah, Pam Greer kind of movement. She's hot, like this afro. But we're going down and like, like Tosh's like figures are like all the same size, right? And so they're all like very much so in the <laughs> forefront of like the photo. <laughs> and for some reason, her Titania, her little Foxy is like, really like tiny and kind of like she looks like she's like far away and her teacher is like so like why is does she look like so much further away than the rest of them and this was like the moment where I knew I was like okay you cannot keep this girl down she will sell you anything she was all like oh you know because she's coming at you and I literally burst out laughing during this critique because I was like, now that's how you sell them, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, Jackie couldn't say shit. Jackie she couldn't, couldn't say shit to me because I was like, and tell me I'm not right. Tell me I'm not right. Because she's coming at you. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think she, she had met was, her match that day. I think that was probably <laughs> the moment that Jackie Penrod fell in love with you, too. I think collectively I think so. the class was all like MVP. Um, <laughs> but I absolutely loved it. And then we uh, got the opportunity to work with each other in the costume shop at Columbia. And that's like, uh, for sure, for sure. Just because that's when we glued to one another and developed absolutely. our own language and all of our own inside jokes to the point Drove that everyone like, crazy. I would say 
honestly, the first like five years of our friendship, <laughs> people would like, there would be a disclaimer when like yeah. <laughs> me and Tiger Lily were going to be in the same room. People were like, okay, so just so you know. It's going to get weird. Those it's two, gonna... <laughs> they're about to bring it. And what it is, I have no idea, but you are about to witness something really strange. Oh, I miss those days. Like, we used I to love our that. Like now people know, now people get the tea, but like, yo, there used to be disclaimers. <laughs> yeah like these around. two together they're gonna be something else so <laughs> just watch out they're really extra and I'm like okay <laughs> and then people would lay around and be like oh my god like you are just you weren't lying they really are so so much um but I, I I'm not sure if a lot of people know this but uh good old Tosh was like literally my first cheerleader when it came to like starting drag. Like I really did not have any interest. I had no desire or thought about doing drag, but uh, good old Tosh, she was like, hey, um, have you heard of this show, RuPaul's Drag Race? And I was like, no, I haven't heard of that. And she was <laughs> just all like, oh my God. Uh, Cause we would always walk in like the costume shop. We'd always talk about Project Runway. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she was like we need to start talking about this show drag race like y'all really need to start watching it like for real for real and, and it was selfish i just wanted someone to talk to about it I was like, Tosh, <laughs> come on like you gotta get into it so we can dish no you are helping them don't yeah, think you're you being really selfish were. you're enlightening oh, yeah. them you're right. you were spreading you're right. the gospel of drag race to anyone that would listen she was like <laughs> she was like the paul revere of drag race <laughs> she was like the drag queens are coming the drag queens are coming and what you better season? watch on logo um it was first started one. telling me when she first started telling me it was season two mm-hmm yeah, then, I started with season two. And then um, season three was when she was like, okay, no, but for real toast, she's like, there's this queen on there. Her name is Raja. And oh, she is so like obsessed. a fashion model. And I was like, fashion model? What you talk about fashion mm -hmm. model? She's like, oh, mm -hmm. her references. She's like, the way that she pummels that runway. She is so sexy. Like, she's like, oh, you would love it. And she's like, and not only that, she's like, I could totally see you being on that show and I'm like and she's like and I feel like you could do better than so many of these girls and I was like girl shut up like all here. these girls all <laughs> these girls because I would be like you can because we were going to fucking theater school together like good old Tosh is an actor a singer a dancer can sew can do everything you know can design bitch like not even triple threat just multi-threat all the threat, a tapestry, if you will. <laughs> like, I'm going to threats. threaten you. <laughs> <laughs> a smorgasbord of threats. Oh, she's the motherfucking horse head in your bed. That's the kind of threat. <laughs> wow. But, like, but literally, I was like, bitch, you can do so much better than all these girls on here. And whenever I would talk about it, I would always say, yeah, Tosh, you know, when you're on Drag Race, da, 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 like we spoke that into existence. Like it was never a if or mm -hmm. maybe someday. It was when you're on it, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah, you know? And I, I remember too, because like I caught up on season three and then season four was airing and, and season four was airing right after we graduated Columbia. We were working together 
um, at this costume shop. And um, Tiger was <laughs> living like maybe like a mile away, like near UIC campus mm -hmm. um, with uh, some friends that she had grown up with. So after work, when did, did Drag Race come on Mondays at that point? Was it Mondays? I, on? I think because it was like it Mondays was. or a drag. Yeah. So, yeah. so like Mondays Missed after work, days. we would go to this deli. What was that deli called? Pinozos. Pinozos. Oh my gosh, we would go oh, to Pinozos Deli. I know, and we would get these sandwiches. You know, a good old, oh my big God, old deli sandwich. And we'd best set sandwiches. Up her laptop on the on the counter um, at the apartment, and we would like watch Drag Race. And, and we would scream when RuPaul would come out. Oh my gosh, drag. just like die. She she got me um, uh, RuPaul's book. Uh, not. No, not work good. in it. Work in it. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Work in it. Cause after that it was Glamazon. I feel that she came out with that book next. But yeah, no, she got me working it. And I read it like cover to cover um in like a day. And I I remember one time, and I believe it was um the iconic San Tropez episode. Um with Jiggly Caliente, we were like so deeply immersed in this episode. We're like eating these Pinozo sandwiches and drinking these big jugs of aloe water. And like, oh my God. Like burning a, like autumnal scented candle and like the paper from the sandwich like dipped in the candle and literally caught on fire atop of the counter, like next to the laptop. <laughs> And oh like, uh, like uh like Tosh was like panicking, like getting ready to throw her <laughs> aloe water on top of it. Um, but you know, made a quick move, put out the fire with like the little spray nozzle from the sink, and it's all good. And like we went back to watching drag races if like nothing uh, had happened, you know, <laughs> like not even a kitchen fire could stop us from watching. <laughs> Sometimes it's best to pretend that those things happened before you even like and keep it in your memory. You know, you just gotta just push it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just be yeah. like, just be like, oh, the house is almost on fire. Let's just go back to Drag Race. This didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> no one needed that piece the, of paper. The best part was me about to throw my aloe on it, and Tosh literally stuck their hand out and was like, no, 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 Tosh, no, <laughs> not, not the aloe water. <laughs> we ain't gonna waste that good old precious sweet drink. Because <laughs> we were broke, broke. We were broke, yes. broke. So I'm, that was like, I'm like oh, you about to pour wasting. out forty five cents on this fire? You ain't gonna do that. <laughs> no. No, we worked too hard for these sandwiches and aloe water. It was like the one real meal we would eat a week. <laughs> oh my like gosh. Broke. And broke, like, broke. And besides that, just like in, in those early days, you know, like Tosh has been a constant, you know, and just like the work that I've done and created, just like, you know, uh, like, we have worked together on so many projects, countless music videos, photo countless. shoots, countless vacations. I think vacation is now like the reward that we get for like all of the work that we have like done leading up I, to, to this. I, I love that we're grown and sexy enough to just go on vacations. Like vacations are my reason for living now, Honestly. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, to and, specifically and, and, gaycation. Yes. If it's not gaycation, you can give it to someone else. Yeah. I want gaycation. I want themes. Themes. I want my gaze. Yes. I and, need an infinity pool or a two. Hot tub. 
or two, a hot tub. I we, love um, our trips. Yes. I mean, our trips have literally just gotten better and better. You know, it used to be they like, really you know, have. we would go to New Orleans and then, you know, P-Town became our little place for a little bit. Then we went to Puerto Vallarta and then we went, you know, up to Boyne City, Michigan for my birthday. And what? Lake Charlebois. Lake Charlebois. What? <laughs> Um, Instagram has been telling me, and I'm really, I, I I've just been feeding it. The ads have been working. We oh. really got to go to Italy next. Like that's yes! the next. Yes, like, I take you guys. Yes. Okay. LGBT Tina, she is getting her passport. She's going to the land of her people. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> oh my God. Julian will come live. too. Yes. The onlyest Italian vacay oh I my mean, god let's do I'm ready. it i'm ready to cause some drama in italy and such as for ah! real oh my god <laughs> we have to we have to um meet up with tiger lily super fans in malta <laughs> she is we, fans in malta Yes. Not only fans, but the princess of Malta. Yes. Her and her gay bestie are um, huge fans of Tiger Lily. Um, I love. We met them one time during DragCon in New York. And like most people, they fell instantly in love with her. And they're like, will you please come out to Malta? We need to see fly me out. <laughs> yeah, you're fly the princess. Me out, you're Bring pr- me to Malta. Yeah. You, look, yeah. we'll just, we, I've been watching Inventing Anna. And I feel like it is really easy to get just out like onto someone's out, yacht. Okay? Yeah, and we'll just get out on the yacht, very VIP, you know, yeah. and just chill in Malta with uh, all the, the princesses. Princess. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm down. It sounds like, it sounds like a, a perfect time. Yeah. I'm so I ready mean, for it. I'm going to call my travel agent now. Yeah. I love that. I don't have I'm a travel game. agent, but it sounds fancy. I was like, what? Yeah. Do travel agents even exist anymore? Like, what? Yeah, like, they Priceline.com. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like who's booking Airbnbs these days? Like, is that someone's job? But I, guess I mean, it are... should be someone's job because then maybe they could help me with my Airbnb snafu, oh! but we won't get into that. Oh, no. Oh, Um. <laughs> This has been such a good time. This has been so much fun. Good old Toast. Did you have a great time here on Wanna Be On Top today? Oh, I had a gay old time. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so excited that we got to have you on the podcast. I cannot wait to have you back. Um, In the meantime, can you please tell all of our listeners where they can find you online? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Gimme Tiger Lily. Do I spell it out? No, just find me. (laughs) Just find me. You find me. If you can't handle how to search Gibby Tiger Lily, then I, you know, that's on you. You got more work to do. I spell it out. I live. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me or our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Want to Be on Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. Why? Because it helps us grow, bitch. I'm Shay Kool-Aid. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. 
And as always, the question remains, want to be on top? Forever. To listen to Want to Be on Top ad-free and one day early, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcast.plus. That's mompodcast.plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Want to Be on Top five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 